I will invite you to open your Bibles with me in the Gospel according to John chapter 1, and we're going to be reading from verses 19 to 34. Hear then the Word of God. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed. I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now they have been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we ask now for your blessing and your illumination that your spirit will turn this passage alive to all of us. We pray, Lord, that we might behold this morning the glory and beauty of Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Today we will continue studying the Gospel of John. And last week we, look, we looked at the introduction of this book in verses 1 to 18. And we agreed that this Gospel is different from the rest of the Gospels. The Gospel of John is intense 
to reveal Jesus' identity to all readers so that we may believe who Jesus is. And last Sunday, we learned that Jesus is more than a baby sleeping in a manger. Jesus was before creation. He is eternal, and therefore, He is God. Jesus is the creator. He is omnipotent, and therefore, He is God. And finally, we saw that this eternal God, omnipotent God and creator of everything, revealed himself to all of us in the person of Jesus. God became human like one of us. God goes to great lengths because he wants to be with his people. So now God tabernacles, God tends with us in the person of Jesus. From now on, when we start reading the Gospel of John from chapter 1, verse 19 until the end, John will take a different approach. He will use a technique called historical narrative in which he writes about specific event in the life of Jesus to present a spiritual truth about the identity of Jesus. So, therefore, there will be times this year when we will read larger portions of this gospel because if we break the story into smaller pieces, we will run the risk of not understanding the point of this passage. So, according to my... My calendar, there are going to be times that we are going to be reading almost 40 verses at a time. So we need to get ready and we need to, get, we need to start bringing our Bibles to follow with me the reading. But today's passage, we have two major parts in this historical narrative. And the first one is the testimony of John the Baptist from verses 19 to 28. But the second part is the proclamation of John about Jesus' identity. Verses 29 to 34. Let's start with the first part, the testimony of John the Baptist. And let's go again to verses 19 to 28. Verses 19 starts saying, and this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Verse 24. Now they have been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, 
then why are you baptizing if you are, if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? And John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stand one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the straps of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. In this passage, we find a different angle about John the Baptist from the rest of the Gospels. There is no description of his person as in the other Gospels. There is no description of his camel garments, leather belt, or strange diet, and no record of his calling to repentance or his announcement that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This event starts with the word testimony. In Greek, is martyr. In verse 19, we read, this is the martyr of John. This is the testimony of John when the Jews and priests and Levites from Jerusalem asking him, who are you? These priests and Levites came as a delegation from the highest authorities, authorities of the Jews. These were the ones who rule everything related to the Jewish religion. Without them, not a finger moved. And this group was always vigilant of any possible competition. Now, these priests and Levites did not come to John as a stranger. John belonged to this privileged group. In Jewish tradition, John belonged to the select group of priests and Levites because his father was a priest. Do you remember? Zachariah. So they knew who John was. They knew John. They knew that he belonged to their economic and social position. But John was different. John was different from the rest of the priests and Levites. He was different in the way he lived and preached. When questioned by the religious youth, the intention was to determine his political inclination because for the Jews, their religion was a game of power. So they came asking him, who are you? Are you the Christ? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? Imagine having the Christ or having Elijah or having the, prof the prophet in their political party. But who are these characters? Who are the Messiah? Who are the Christ? Who, who is, I'm sorry, who is Elijah? Who is the prophet? Well, the Messiah was thought to be several things. Nationally, he was the leader from the line of David who would, who would free the Jewish nation 
and made them the greatest nation the world had ever known. That was nationally the Messiah. Militarily, the Messiah was to be a great leader who would lead the Jewish army to victory over the world. And religiously, he would be a figure straight from God who would bring justice and peace to the whole world. So therefore, the great interest of this political party on knowing who was John the Baptist. But John the Baptist's answer was no, and again no, and again no. Emphatically, he said, I am not the Christ. Then he, they ask, are you Elijah then? And he said, no. Are you the prophet? No. If, they ask if he was a liar because in the last verses of the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, in the book of Micah, there is a promise that in the last days, Elijah the prophet would come again. But he was not Elijah either. And the last one was, are you the prophet? Here they are referring to the promises Moses gave to the people of Israel before he died in Deuteronomy chapter 18. In the last days, said Moses, in the last days, God will raise up a prophet like, like me, like Moses. But John the Baptist said again, no, I'm not the prophet. So you can see that they started to get a little bit irritated with John the Baptist. You are not the Christ, you are not Elijah, or the prophet, so who are you? And he said, I am the voice. I am the voice. And there John took them to the book of Isaiah in the chapter 40. Probably this is one of the most beautiful chapters in the Old Testament. Look at what he says in chapter 40, verses 1 to 5. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And notice what says verse 5. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And John was saying, I am the voice. 
because comes verse 5, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see, shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Beautiful passage. So John, John the Baptist's answer was, I am the voice who says, the Lord, the Messiah is coming. I am the voice that is telling you, make a straight road for God to come and visit and redeem you. John is the voice proclaiming this message. I am not the Messiah. I am not Elijah. I am not the prophet. My job is to show you your need for a redeemer. My commitment is to show you the need for a Savior who will pardon your iniquity. John was telling them, I am not the main actor, the main actor in this drama. I am just the announcer. Of course, friends, once the priests and Levites and the Pharisees realized that John the Baptist was useless to them, they rejected him and his message. That's why we read in verse 25, then why you are baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet. In other words, they told John, go home. You do not have our authority to do what you are doing. <laughs> but John the Baptist always had the last word. He always answered and replied something. And he said, I baptize with water. But among you stand, but among you stands one you do not know. The Messiah was on earth then. But not everyone recognized him as the Messiah. Even though Jesus could be seen physically. How many times have we desired to have lived in the time in, the, in that time to see Jesus face to face. That would definitely make me believe in him. But the answer is no. Jesus' identity, Jesus' revelation is not through human effort. It is a gift of God that opens the eyes of our understanding to see in Jesus more than a man. To see Jesus for who he really is. We need a miracle from God himself. And that leads us to the second part of this passage. We read in verses 29 to 34, if you go and read with me, 
these verses says, the next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. He was before creation. He was from eternity. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remaining him on him. I myself did not know him. Of course he knew him because he was his cousin. But God told him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remains, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Could you imagine John the Baptist waking up every day going to his workshop, the river? Wondering, maybe today I will see with my eyes the Spirit descending on the Messiah and remaining on him. That was amazing, eh? Verse 34 says, And I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day, the next day after he denied that he was the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, the next day after he realized that he was nothing more than the voice, the next day, the one who nobody knew appears in the place where John was preparing the way saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Can you imagine? In front of, of John the Baptist was the one whom all the sacrifices of Old Testament time had foreshadowed. I can see John the Baptist seeking, shaking with excitement, thinking about the lamb sacrifice to cover the nakedness of Adam and Eve after they sinned in the Garden of Eden. Or, or the lamb of the flock that Abel sacrificed to God. Imagine John the Baptist thinking about the lamb prophesied. When Abraham said to Isaac, God will provide himself a lamb. Then I can imagine John thinking about the Passover lamb. Slain, slain to apply the blood on the doorpost. And set the people free from slavery. 
in Egypt. Think about Isaiah chapter 53 verse 7 when we hear for the first time that the lamb will be a man. The suffering servant of God. He was oppressed, says Isaiah. And he was afflicted. It is a man who, is who will be oppressed and will be afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep that before it cheers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Imagine. These images probably came to John's mind all at once when he saw Jesus walking towards him. He was excited at the fulfillment of all the symbols and all the prophecies in the Old Testament. Jesus was walking towards him. And John the Baptist started to, to shout, The Lamb! The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world! John the Baptist is saying to the priests and Levites and to the Pharisees from Jerusalem with all their theology, with all their tradition, with all their status and reputation, all the symbols and buildings, here is the Lamb of God. Here is the Lamb of God. There is no need of more sacrifices. And that is what Jehovah Jireh means. The Lord has provided a lamb for the sacrifice. You can offer nothing to God. But Jesus is the provided lamb and he takes away your sins. You see, this is not religion. This is not theological knowledge. This is not tradition, status, or reputation, buildings, or rituals. Jesus is the provision for our sins. And that was the testimony of John the Baptist. I have seen the Lamb of God and I will tell everybody who is this man. He's not just my cousin. He is God's son. A pastor said once, was there ever a more beautiful sermon preached in the history of sermons? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Apart that it's a short sermon, there is not 
more beautiful sermon than this. Your friends, is there a better message for you and for me today? John the Baptist lived for this message and gave his life to be a witness of the Lamb of God. The question is, do you know him? Do you know whom John the Baptist is pointing to all of us today? Are you living your life to point to Jesus? What is your life testifying about? Later in the, in the, in the letters, John was saying, we testified about the things that we have seen. That means we cannot testify about the things that we don't, do not know. And a more important question for all of us today, do you believe that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away your sins? If not, I'm here to tell you this morning that the Lamb of God is here. Yes, He was, he was crucified by but he raised again from the dead. The Lamb of God came to offer the price that you cannot pay. So the invitation is, you should receive the offer of forgiveness that the Lamb of God came to offer to you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful testimony of who you are. We pray this morning that our lives will be like John the Baptist. He denied himself and next day he met you. Help us, Lord, to deny ourselves to see you clearly in the beauty of your majesty. Open our eyes, Lord, to see you as the Lamb of God and to live by that testimony. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand up and let's sing together this.